You're listening to Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome back to Blank Campaign. Woo! We are on to hopefully our second to last episode. We will see. We're getting close to the end with these. It is my fault we have gone this long. <laughs> we are on uh, episode seven of our Blank Campaign. And we are doing our chapter four adventures. Now, I say adventures. It's really probably just going to be one, but it's going to be split between two options. A very quick overview summary <laughs> of six episodes. We created a Mad Max-esque world where we have individual cities and smaller kind of enclave cities circling them. There is a council city that they all kind of work on, sort of like a UN situation, just so war doesn't break out. Your players have encountered Star City, where they found a tomb of an ancient prophet, which had a um, book in it. A town that was destroyed, or no, not book, there was a clue in it. A destroyed town that seemed to radiate out from an old book that created our first druid in a long time in this world. A city that is on lockdown because of a disease that turns people into magical blood-sucking vampires. Something like that. Um, they also found a key here that they were looking for on the city's mayor. And then last episode, we dealt with the city of Beacon, which is a elongated city built up in one area, down in the other, as you have the Guild of Air Travel and Guild of Underground Travel working against each other. We have magic on one side, science on the other, in opposition, and your party got to deal with some political intrigue if they wanted to. We also have our big bad name, Darrell, because... Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, we have no better name, so it's stuck. Who is looking to awaken an ancient deity that he believes will reset the world, but will actually destroy it as a natural process of life and death? Who knows? Your players don't know that yet, though. They have just met Daryl at Beacon, so they have either gone to a library city that is mysteriously closed for some reason, or they have gone back to the Council of Cities with Daryl, who is getting ready for a meeting that would consolidate power because of a crisis going on. Um, we have no idea what that crisis is. Honestly, at this point, I don't know if it matters, because really, it's just a distraction for Daryl, and it's just something your players can use to kind of sneak around if they need to. But as we said last um, chapter of this section, <laughs> your players now have to make a choice. They either go to the council cities or they get to library town. They can't really do both. Um, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but they have to choose. Either way, they're going to get the information they need. They'll discover the true nature of the DDT. Discover what Daryl is actually trying to do, whether he realizes it or not, is kind of up to you how and how you're going to play him. And they will gain something that will allow them to stop the release of the DT. That's kind of where we are. Any questions? I want to point out to our listeners that before we started this campaign, this is the beauty of the cyclical nature of stories. Before starting this campaign, Marie and I had not listened to several of the stories that you're going to be now saying this sounds like. In total, I can say, for those of you jumping in right now, this world is a combination of Mad Max meets Call of Cthulhu meets The Dark Tower by Stephen King. Having now listened to 
four, I think it's four Mm -hmm. of the different Dark Tower books, there are some similarities that you're going to recognize in here that were completely unintentional. But (laughs) it is a reminder to you, even at the beginning of this entire podcast, what we wanted you guys to be able to understand coming into this was how easily you could take something and build an entire, at first a story, but for what we're working on right now, to build an entire campaign around it. Not even realizing how much we were borrowing from some pre-existing stories. Mm -hmm. Again, had not touched them. And now, I think for a year and a half later on this entire project and having delved this deeply into it, I did not realize the similarities until Marie is presenting them to me right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, oh, that's, oh. (laughs) So as far as storytelling is concerned, I hope this is less of a discouragement to you that, oh, I can't create something entirely unique Mm -hmm. and more encouraging to you that really most stories have already been told. It is just finding a way to spin it on its on its y-axis to make it just a little bit different and Mm -hmm. your players ultimately are going to do the majority of the work in that world because for me i'll even say from the beginning of this whole situation i've been picturing this as a wild west Mm -hmm. type of approach that you're going to have some western towns gunslingers (laughs) uh wooden shack looking towns that's been my entire perception in this whole thing would you say it's been the same for you or what have you been picturing for the most part yeah i've imagined a lot of deserts a lot of like tumbleweeds in a distance as they're traveling and then they come across this massive area that's just glowing at night because it's a mega city and it's just the only thing for you know hundreds of miles it is another moment for me that's a fascination of wow this is what story can do it's (laughs) it is beautiful and it's simplistic approach not not to Mm -hmm. get too much hoity-toity with this whole thing but it's beautiful and simplistic approach by the fact that there is only so much that you can do so you don't have as many variables as you think you have to approach either way for our campaign at this point we have presented your players with a choice that needs to mean something Mm -hmm. and for most dms they're afraid of taking away choice from the players and i will say you want to provide them choice as far as you possibly can that does not mean that they are free of whatever consequences Mm. come with each and every one of those choices but they're in every campaign comes a point where you need to cut off options yeah you need to cull the herd so to speak or or cut off the extra spares (laughs) that they are either never going to track down or because of the decisions that they made are now going to go off in their own direction. So between the library and this council of cities, which one do we want to work on first? Do we want to work on both of them? Just one of them? Because as the DM, you and I both know we can establish (laughs) one thing that's going to happen and the flavor of how it happens is different based upon the city. Yeah, let's go ahead and work on the Council of Cities first, because that's going to have the most, I think, direct connection in the story, whereas the library series can be a bit more of an abstract connection. Okay. So one thing we had mentioned way back in like episode two. (laughs) I'll be honest. I have listened to to one of these (laughs) since we recorded them. Marie has been taking notes. So if I sound like an idiot... If I sound like an idiot because I don't know what's going on, it's probably because I am. 
she has been keeping track. <laughs> I have several random notes scattered around that I have to try to consolidate every time. Look, I am more realistic to how most DMs are at this point. <laughs> what have I covered? What have I not covered? Yeah. What can I do at this mm -hmm. point? Um, but one thing we mentioned was the idea that the uh, Council of Cities is trying to consolidate power. And Daryl is trying to prevent this from happening. Um, we did have our plague city that was a magical-based plague that, if news got out, would cause panic. That could be a instigation for this consolidation of power. It could just be a political play if we wanted to do that. I think at this point in the campaign, though, it doesn't really matter for the players. I think it's more the fact that Daryl is distracted and he has to go back to the council cities. So he has obligations that are pulling him that allow the players to do things outside of a connection with him directly. That They don't have to worry about being joined at the hip with him the entire time they're in the city. Mm -hmm. He's going to be doing his own thing. So he's like, yeah, you can just, you know, hang out here. There's a library here and I'll see you when I get off work kind of thing. So either way we go, you're wanting to do a library? Yeah, either way, they need to get information about this deity, whether they get it from the library town or from archives they find in the council city slash the Big Bads library, which is, I think, the more interesting one. I'm going to take that and turn it on its head. I don't think it needs to be a library both ways, mm. because then it's going to feel like the choice was inconsequential. What I would do if you're going to the Council of Cities, I would take a Diagon Alley and Nocturne Alley approach mm. that you will have a section of the city where maybe there's a broken down temple that exists here that either has one priest left in it or maybe has a few followers in it mm -hmm. or maybe is completely abandoned. But as your players are investigating the city, they come across this temple. Mm -hmm. And it would be, for me, most interesting to have a surviving priest because that way you get to introduce this place as oh, this is potentially good. And slowly mm. over the course of however long mm -hmm. they spend in this city, they begin to see the true side of this cult for what it actually mm. is and what has, if they're aware that Daryl has been told about mm -hmm. it, what Daryl has not been made entirely clear. You know, not necessarily to make Daryl a sympathetic character, but at the very least to give more drive to your players. I think if you give them the choice between the council of cities and a library and they choose a council of cities and you're like, Hey, let's go to the library. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to feel like an empty choice in the long run. That's fair. That's fair. I do like the idea of a cult though, because we did establish that the first town where they have a festival going on, that Daryl created that festival to kind of begin to insert the mythology into the lives of the residents. So mm -hmm. they would, they would be willing to accept a deity because this world doesn't have gods. Mm -hmm. That's why we have no druids, no clerics. We don't really have anything like that in existence. Not in the sense of a true D&D &D mm -hmm. cleric to a god. We have ideals and we have animism, but we don't really have a pantheon. So it makes sense that he has kind of either discovered, brought back, revived his cult somehow. Um, I say cult lo loosely. Really would be more of just a old religion gaining new followers. I would like to see it personally as there is Daryl's mentor within mm. this building. And don't make him a young man. Make the person him who first told him about an it. Ancient, mm -hmm. old, like could die tomorrow <laughs> kind of guy to where he is not really a threat to your players. Yeah. He has no power other than maybe just max out his charisma. Yeah. And then give that character to your players to contend mm. with. 
I think it would be interesting then if it wasn't necessarily a priest figure, but a um, a researcher almost, or what's like maybe like an old professor of this religion who's discovered this and has believed that this is the way forward. No one's listened until Daryl came along, who fell for it, so to speak, and he listened to what the mentor said. And was able to, because of political power that he gained, was able to actually make this religion, so to speak, revived. My only reason for not doing it as a researcher or as an academic is that Mm -hmm. leans back towards the archive. Okay, fair, fair. If this is someone who's like, my father, my father before him, my father before him has kept this going. Daryl just, while looking for a way to reset the world, discover this guy, learned all about this. What what could very well be, because I don't recall whether we established an origin for the book, what um, very well could be is that that man mm-hmm. was the original possessor of mm-hmm. the book, and it was taken from him as a manner yeah. of protecting it. Oh, that is one thing, because the book we had mentioned was the language of the Druids, mm-hmm. which was what the DET would create, sort of. And that's why we had our one true Druid who was created by reading this book, but destroyed everything around him because of this the destructive nature of a dying world and then tapping into that mm-hmm. as a druid, the pain and agony you'd feel would just cause that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So our party at this point should have the book. They may or may not have the key. And if they bring that book back to this old priest, he's going to be able to fill them in and he may actually be able to use it, not powerfully, but he can do little tricks with it. So here's going back to what I said before as a DM, the easiest way to approach this choice between library and deity of or whatever council of cities Mm -hmm. the easiest way to prep this is to give one singular clue that they're going to get Mm -hmm. no matter where they go make the flavor completely different Mm -hmm. but one singular thing and so if that's the case then the one singular thing that they need to get is a key Mm. the key that will unlock the book so do we want to make it not a physical key, but like some knowledge thing then? Because we did have a physical key that would unlock the, or help to unlock the gate that the DTs held behind. Was that key through the book? No, they were two items that you'd have to use on their own, but they both work at the gate. Was the book, I don't know why, but every time I picture the book, <laughs> I picture one of those like locked journals. Yeah. No, it doesn't have anything locking it. It's just, it is literally just a book. But reading it can cause madness. We could. We can wreck on that if we want to. Because that was why they were looking for the key in the disease city, is that was the next step. Because what my thinking is, is this is how you would flavor the two of them. no, no, no. I forgot about that. The book was incidental because they come across a storage city on the way to their disease city. Mm -hmm. So the book is a random find, essentially. We could still connect them, but they weren't looking for the book. They just happened to come across it. The key is what they're looking for, Mm -hmm. which... If we want to set it up as such, the key would lead them to the book, which would lead them to the priest. Here's my thinking on it. Um, well, let, let me finish this thought <laughs> and then you you reflavor it however you want to. My thinking on it, if we make this book have a lock to it, then the one thing that you can find is the key. Mm-hmm. And the flavor of how you do that is if they go to the Council of Cities, it is a social encounter mm. where you're dealing with the priest. The priest is mentioning all of these things about the book, Mm -hmm. this book that he was supposed to guard, (laughs) 
He still wears the key around Mm -hmm. his neck because they were not able to take that from him. Mm -hmm. Luckily, he sleeps with it on him (laughs) at all times. And whoever the thief was did not think to check. They just took the book for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. playing it off as if it is a bigger deal than it may Mm -hmm. actually be. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is the way that the players see, oh, that's the lock for this book that we've not been able to open this entire time. Let's see what happens if we open Mm -hmm. it. Because that character could have been driven mad just by what power is contained within this book. Yeah. So social encounter that way. For the library, I would love to approach it like Last Crusade and have an actual adventure within a library if they Mm -hmm. go to the library. That that actually is the resting place of this key and you could approach it as if the book was supposed to have been there Mm -hmm. this whole time kept in a secret section of the library Mm -hmm. and somehow or another made its way out of there one thing with the library town what we have set up originally was the mayor has quartered himself off in a section of the library um the whole town is supposed to be a library essentially it's supposed to be open public but it's been closed the mayor has kind of sequestered himself away leading to the idea that there is a um shadow government going on even though there isn't Mm mm-hmm and he actually knows the big bad, knows the big bad's true plans, and has something that is preventing Daryl from enacting on it. So that so could be he the could key. be keeping the key. Yeah, he could have had the book and is mm-hmm. now just holding onto the key, depending yeah. upon when he sequestered himself. So do we want? Do we want to have multiple key options? Like he has something that could open the book that's not the physical key, or do we want that to be one thing only that will just happen to be where the players are? I as a DM, I would be personally less intimidated by having it be no matter where they go, I just know they're looking for a key. Mm-hmm. Then here's a completely separate thing. Because otherwise, here's the other thing. <laughs> you want the players to feel like that choice is meaningful. Yeah. So if they go to the library city, they then can't say, Man, if we had gone to the other <laughs> city, we would have found out about the yeah. key this way. It won't feel that way, mm-hmm. even though you as the DM know it's that way. Yeah. I think to that point, then, your players will go somewhere, discover the true nature of DT through talking to people, research, talking to the person holding the key. At the library town, they will have to convince the mayor to give them the key. Mm-hmm. At the council cities, they have to convince the old priest to give them the key, or they're going to a fight, Yeah, which the priest is an easy fight, but then you have to deal with Daryl in his own town. The mayor is going to be a hard fight because mm-hmm. he's had a long time to prepare for someone to show up for mm-hmm. this. <laughs> but you can just get out easier. Yeah. And I think then one thing I made a note of is they really can't split between the two. They yeah. can't do both. If they do, what will happen behind the screens is Daryl is going to get a head start because he will find the location of this of the deity's holding. Mm-hmm. And he will have a head start to get there. Yeah. And he will probably will have to figure out a way for him to get the items he needs off the players, which we can work on in a minute. Yeah. But he's going to have that start. And your players are basically going to waste time because then they'll go from, well, we'll go to council cities first. Oh, no, we need to go to library town. Well, he's told us everything we need to know. And also we wasted time. Yeah. So there is a consequence for that choice, which is why I say you have to split it. So I think making the key just it's going to be in whatever magical area they're in. Mm -hmm. I think that works because then the other area would really just give them background on Daryl is all it's going to do, which they could use still. It's not inconsequential it's just not helpful the council of cities gives background on daryl yeah because we can have him meeting the priests learning about the det discovering all the stuff i do think there needs to be secret archives somewhere that they can access to prove that daryl's connected whether it is oh no there's a cult here let's go tell daryl because he's our only contact 
And then he locks us in a secret archive that he has because he's involved with it. I think you could find out about Daryl through the priest. If he's mm. an old mentor, he might be talking about drops. his new. <laughs> well, he might be talking about his new um, protege, protege, mm-hmm. wh- whatever the word is. Apprentice. <laughs> apprentice. That was the word I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Maybe talking about his new apprentice. Mm. And as you are, the players are asking questions <laughs> about this apprentice mm. in this place, you start to pick up on some similarities yeah. between the two. Yeah. But I think for me as well, one of the other things that makes this interesting is I feel like there is a consequence difference that mm-hmm. happens because it it feels like in making the choice, if you're going to this library town where you're going to end up dealing with this mayor, mm-hmm. which you kind of might guess at on your way there, mm-hmm. if you're going to that town, that feels like a much larger thing to overcome Mm -hmm. and for your players it will have a lower consequence in the long run because it took the guts to go (laughs) and and try that yeah that you might actually get an ally out of that with Mm -hmm. that mayor plus having the key plus having the book (laughs) you have given yourself Mm -hmm. an advantage going into the final fight yeah which is beneficial however if you go to the council of cities it feels like a safer bet you will get the information, but like you said, he is in, they are in Daryl's town now. Mm-hmm. They are dealing directly with Daryl's mentor, <laughs> and should they decide to off the <laughs> the priest, you are now also going to be dealing with the wrath of the mentee. Mm-hmm. And the cult that he's formed around And it. the cult, if there is one that exists mm-hmm. in this world and that you've developed. So the consequence will be larger because rather than being on the attack mm-hmm. with an army... Mm-hmm potentially (laughs) you are now on the defense and you have to run and so now there's this push behind Mm -hmm. you to get to that place quickly and get what get done what needs Mm -hmm. to be done yeah um one thing that we will need to address is how is daryl getting well let me back up a bit what the key opens so i like the idea not necessarily that the key opens a book but the key opens a section of the book that there is a druidic language in the first half and the second half is locked and the key opens that. And that's the true history, true lore, something specific that you need to have to release the DT to connect to it. It's higher level knowledge. How high fantasy would we want to get with this? <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> so is the key a literal key or is the key a, what do they call like it? Like a medallion? No. Is the <laughs> Be sure to drink your oval tea. Well, because you could have like a locking no. key, like traditional key, or it could be just like, here's this thing. You insert it into a slot, turn it 90 degrees, and something opens in the back. I'm thinking of Cutthroat Island, where they had a piece of the map that was somebody's skin mm. that you could do someone that has had tattooed on them a translator. or a, mm. a, Oh, what's the word? It's the thing that we use to translate a foreign language. The Rosetta um, Stone. Mm. Essentially a Rosetta Stone like tattoo on mm. this old priest. That could be the quote unquote mm. key. It is a literal key to translate from this old language that's mm-hmm. never been touched. I mean, you can even just have an amulet that has a, some, the language on it. <laughs> be sure to drink your yeah, old I mean, tea. It literally is just this talisman yeah. that's got these markings on it that you can use to translate yeah. the book. Well, you're also dealing with a world where discern languages is a spell. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, there are a lot of ways you can block that by saying the book is the book is magical. You could, but if you're wanting to do the if you're wanting to do a medallion, I would legitimately say it's just a high power medallion that mm-hmm. does that. Just um, like you put it into a slot in the book, open it, now you can read it. 
no as in the person who wears it and attunes to it is oh. able to read the book. I actually do like that because you could give it a madness factor. So mm -hmm. if your party wants to try it, they're at risk of tapping into the deity, which is a madness issue. And there is our call of Cthulhu Colin. <laughs> and we've already got the druid that is maybe insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do like that. And I think, too, that works because then the mayor in the library town has had this hidden away under a non-detection spell to make sure it can't be found. Mm -hmm. So your party is like, you have something that can help us. He's not going to tell them what it is. They don't know what they're looking for until they find it. Did we ever explain the druid? Yes. The druid was the only person survived the attack in mm -hmm. our destroyed town. Yeah. He opened the book, which is why I say you have to be able to open it or it's mm -hmm. got to impart some knowledge somehow. Mm -hmm. He w was able to tap into the power of the deity, whether by choice or by accident. And it caused him to go mad. Now, I think we found a connection point. That is one thing I was going to ask. Do we want the druid to pop up at this point for or against the players? I think, well, here's what I like. This, this is the problem with me. I'm connecting everything. <laughs> he was going to be one of the members of the cult. Mm -hmm. They gave him the medallion to see. And the madness set in. And in that madness, he ran off with the book. Mm, but left a medallion for retrieval. But left, well, he couldn't take the medallion with him for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, you pick one. I mean, I think it works that if you're going to take a magical book and hand it to people and they go mad, why are they going mad? Well, because they couldn't properly translate it. Mm -hmm. Daryl didn't realize he needed that medallion at the time. He thought maybe it was an issue with the book, but now through whatever knowledge he's got, he knows where the medallion is. He knows where the mm -hmm. priest is. He can go get it. Which I'm just means... thinking the druid was a low intelligence. Like you, you can factor it in that it was a check that he failed from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. That wearing the medallion, you have to fight against the madness, and that takes a yeah. wisdom or a mm -hmm. intelligence check, and he wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Which I think that think that could work because magic is fairly iffy in this world. Is it's like solid rules, but that does beg the question: Why did Daryl give the amulet back? Because that's I think this would have been the priest, not the not Daryl, who would so have done it. The priest gave it to him. I think this, for me, this is Daryl and this priest are trying to, either together or separately, mm -hmm. are trying to continue this cult and establish this cult. Daryl is specifically trying to grow and maintain this cult, whereas mm -hmm. the priest is just like, I'll find somebody. Yeah. And he was attempting to garner another apprentice after mm -hmm. his success with Daryl. Mm. And he met this guy felt that this guy would listen to him. This mm -hmm. is why I say give the priest a high charisma. Mm. Met this guy, talked this guy into it, gave this guy the opportunity to approach mm -hmm. the amulet, which Daryl has done before, Yeah, would have had to have done before. And in the process of using this amulet, this man, boy, whatever, this druid mm -hmm. now was not mentally strong enough to be able to handle it mm -hmm. and lost his mind. That works, except the key then can't be in the library city. Because we are locking in that the priest has this amulet. And the priest honestly could be a druid. Mm -hmm. Because druids stop aging at certain points. So he could still be old, still be fairly weak. But he's not aging properly. Which is why he's been in hiding. Because he's got to be able to get out and about. Because the druid that we talked about in that for the early adventure is nowhere near this town. Mm -hmm. So he's traveled quite a bit to find this guy. True. I'm also thinking that's specific to the priest. I don't know if <laughs> I, I go back to what I said before. It can be still a key, but mm -hmm. it does not have to be an amulet yeah. for one side. Yeah. That's why I say, I think 
I think it would make the most sense that Daryl created the Druid by accident. He had the book. He was trying to figure out how the book worked because he took it from the priest, but he didn't realize you needed the amulet with it. So the book ended up somehow driving this person insane, creating a druid. Now, he doesn't know how. It could have been a random accident. could have been wild magic search. Who knows? You know, the players have had this book and haven't had any issues with it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just reading the book. It's got to be something on top of. And it could even just be the DD decided to reach out at that point. So it's just if the DD decides to reach you the book, it'll make you go insane. Okay. Because otherwise, we have to have this amulet with the book, which means whoever had the book originally had the amulet. So why was the book out there? So, and also the priest, if we want him to be old, he can't just leave the city. I'll be honest. <laughs> it still makes sense to me, even though it doesn't to you, but that's okay. <laughs> if, if you don't want to follow it that path, then that, that's fine. Yeah. I, I would stick with Daryl was experimenting with a book, dropped in the middle of a town, middle of nowhere, just to see what happened and hasn't been able to see repeat results. See, that would get him in major trouble with his mentor though. Yeah, it would, which I think could be something that your players discover in talking to him. Because this mentor could be talking about Daryl as if he's this young man that he's training. Daryl is a fairly old adult. Like, he's not, like, but ancient. By comparison. Yeah, like, he could be talking, like, oh, yeah, just my my ment mentee and blah, blah. Like, they're thinking 20-year-old, right? Until they realize, hang on, this sounds a lot like this other guy we know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, you know, if you get mad at someone, you respond differently when they're 20 than if they're 55, right? You're going to – your approach is a little bit different at those ages. <laughs> But I think an amulet that acts as a basically language spell works with the book. And the priest either has a safeguard or the mayor has it locked away under a non-attack spell so no one can find it. Mm -hmm. um, for the council city, your players will go there with Daryl. They have access to whatever they want to. They can discover this ancient temple. That seems to have all the same markings of the book, which is probably how they found it anyway. Mm -hmm. They started fo following up, how do we track down this language kind of thing. I think at this point, your players need to be arrested, be charged with some crime, and then Daryl needs to take all their stuff. Basically meaning he now has the book and the key. Because otherwise, Daryl's not going to have anything to open the gate. Because now we're kind of in a... We're, we, Put ourselves in a corner. Okay, okay. Let, let's back ourselves up <laughs> for a second. What you want to have happen is Daryl gets the key and the amulet, mm -hmm. or the the um the book and the amulet, correct? Book, key, and amulet. Book, key, and amulet. Well, I t hang on. Take that back. This might not be a problem. In our diseased town, that's where the key was. However, the key had been discovered previously and was being worn by the mayor of that town. Mm-hmm. Meaning the players could ask for it if they wanted to, or they could try to steal it. Mm -hmm. So your players may not have that key. Mm -hmm. And if we wanted to, we could say that's the only thing Daryl needs. So in talking to players, he'll discover where that is. And the book will give him the location of the cell for the deity. So he may not need to do anything to the players. Mm -hmm. The only re So I go back to at the end of this, what you would prefer is for Daryl to have all of the items or all of the information he mm -hmm. needs to be able to move forward. Yeah. I would caution any DM who does not want a TPK <laughs> in arresting their players. Mm. Players see an arrest and they see an immediate reason to fight to the death mm -hmm. and will fight to the death and then get frustrated that they fought to the death. 
I think if you're going to do that, the I do not recommend this. But the only way that I can see that that does not end up in a TPK is you wait for your players to go to sleep and mm-hmm. they wake up in shackles. Mm. That's about it. Mm. Because otherwise, I mean, think about how you would respond <laughs> yeah. if you have oh, guards yeah, yeah. coming to arrest you. Like, that's not going to turn out well. So I guess the question is, do we think Daryl could discover the location without the book? I don't think it needs in-game logic to matter. I think it's possible. Okay. And, and if, that's, if you're that's dealing fine. with a deity that can reach out from the book, it's very possible to say that the deity reached out beyond that, yeah. gave him a vision, yeah. right? The time has come. He had mm-hmm. the vision. <laughs> he knows what, what he needs to do now. Yeah. And I think as long as we're on the same page that he can find it without the book, then it shouldn't matter because the book then could work for the players and that they're using that to follow him. Mm-hmm. So retconning something we said in previous episode, I think then the key that your players needed to unlock the gate, I think needed to be difficult to obtain and they may not have that even. Yeah. If they don't have that, then they go, oh, well, we just told the person who's going there where it is. Yeah. They have the authority to just walk in and take it. Yeah. So now we have to deal with the fact that Daryl can just walk in, take the key and leave, and he knows where he's going. Yeah. But we know how to follow him. And even at that, your players could very easily show up into the town and hear tell that the mayor of that town (laughs) has disappeared. Yep. For no apparent reason. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think that works then for the council city. So then for the library, because we do want it to be a little bit different adventure, um, your players will somehow end up in contact with the mayor of that city who has the key that he may or may not hand over depending upon what they say or do. Mm-hmm. And if they want to have a fight, it's going to be a very difficult fight. Mm-hmm. But they will easily be able to translate the book and follow. I think approaching this from a story that I've ingested recently, <laughs> I would say the most interesting approach to this either is what I said about the Indiana Jones thing. You mm-hmm. go into the library, you investigate it, you start yeah. finding all of these different hidden details to it. Or mm-hmm. you could approach it as this mayor is is aware of what's coming mm. and you need to be worthy of the knowledge you're going to obtain. Yeah. So he sends you on a mini quest, so mm-hmm. to speak, <laughs> through this quote-unquote dungeon, which could be a series of traps, which could mm-hmm. be done through magic and a series of visions, which could be done any way you wanted it to, but an understanding of what it is that they're unlocking, that they're mm-hmm. gaining power to, and get a very, very clear picture of everything that he's learned up until this point. Yeah. Because as they're going through, they're just seeing images of this burned earth of this DUT destroying everything, of the gods fighting. Yeah. That by the end, are like, this is what happened before. It's about to happen again. And see, that can be, going back to what you said before, that can be the consequence for the players. Minor though it may seem to us now is that what they are expending is time. Mm -hmm. The longer you spend here going through this trial, (laughs) the more you know the bad guy Mm -hmm. is getting closer to what he wants. Yeah. And as the players, then it becomes the risk-reward of do we stay and finish this out to Mm -hmm. get the last bit of information, Mm -hmm. or do we Luke Skywalker this thing (laughs) and go before we're truly ready? Yeah. What I think would be interesting with the idea of the mayor basically hiding away 
that he's not calling you anything, but one of the people on the government has decided to send you in to see if you're worthy. He doesn't know why the mayor's hiding away. Mayor didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. He just knows that he's trying to make it look like the mayor's still in charge because he is, but the mayor's never been seen for 20, 30 plus years, however long you mm-hmm. want to make it. So it's that delicate act of if I send people to go after the mayor, I have to be aware why I'm sending him. It's not just because I want to check on him. The mayor left clear instructions of if you think someone is worthy to meet with me, if they have something that seems valuable to me, send them to this challenge, this trial. So you have one person in the government who no one else in the government wants to talk to you, right? Because you're nobodies. Why would they care about you? Libraries closed, go away. But there's one person that said, says, I think the mayor will want to see you. Basically puts you in a dungeon mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to decide whether or not you want to trust him. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And there is, I mean, the, not the Citadel book that came out, but the library one that D&D did recently. That was like mm-hmm. 13 Adventures in a Library. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. there's obviously, you could take one of those easily and just drop that in if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Or you could make it this long thing of like, you see these images, you don't really understand it. You have these little puzzles if you really want to dig that up for your players. And by the end of it, you'll meet the mayor who will have known Daryl knows what Daryl's plan is because Daryl tried to convince him to join and he declined. Mm-hmm. Which I think we did say that his wife's death is what caused him to hide away. And I think that was one of the things that you could play with is Daryl is reading and his wife died. Mm-hmm. And Daryl, of course, promised something and the mayor's like, no, I can't do that. It's not worth bringing her back to doom everyone else. Mm-hmm. So he's hidden away. He's very powerful. But as an ally, like you said, and that also gives a lot of resources if your party needs something at that point. Yeah. Because I think, again, the the biggest thing that's going to make this feel different is the potential mm-hmm. consequence you'll get at the end of it. Mm-hmm. As much as you want each adventure to feel unique, what they get at the end of it, they can look at and say, I would have only gotten this if yeah. blank. Like, we would have only gotten chased mm. because we went to the city where the bad guy was. Yeah. We would have only gotten an army because we went to find mm-hmm. this guy, even though we're now behind, we mm-hmm. have an army. Yeah. One thing I do want to ask, because I originally wrote this down, was they either get a relic to help fight the deity, or they get an ally. And I think at this point, the relic would be really good in Library City. They can discover the true nature of what's going on, and they can be given something else they can use. Whether it is a sword, a shield, whatever you, whatever makeup you want to make it, it's something that if the worst happens, it can fight the DET. It's probably a one-off thing or a limited use item, so it's not like mega powerful. Mm-hmm. But if you get there after Daryl does and he's opened up the gates, you can use this to at least lock it back. Or, which is my other thought, was at the Council Cities, they are delayed for some reason, whether it's through... Just they don't understand what's going on until it's too late or Daryl has specifically blocked them off. The Druid can show up. Yeah. And the Druid knows what's going on, has kind of settled into his sanity a little bit, and he's trying to stop this from happening so they can gain an ally that way. They don't have an army, but they have a Druid who knows exactly what's going on with the magic that he might be able to help to fight Daryl directly. I, I think if you manage in my world, if I were running this, if your players managed to get the amulet and you were able to put the amulet on the druid, mm-hmm. that would sap some of it. Mm. And he would now be a druid 
but instead of being a traditional druid, he's a druid that uses wild magic. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That you would have to roll. Mm-hmm. And there there would probably be a way to to mess around with it to where it was more themed towards druids specifically. But I think mm-hmm. in a world where we're saying druids don't really truly <laughs> exist, yeah. wild magic would be the way to go. One thing we would mention in the initial fight with him was he'll cast a spell, but you roll to see what level it's being cast at. Yeah. So it might be overpowered, might be underpowered. Mm-hmm. Because what if he was trying to use historic magic to help people, but he was doing it at the wrong level? Mm-hmm. So I think that could definitely work if you took like the Druid spell list and just went through and said, I'm going to create a wild magic table off of it, basically. And mm-hmm. he'll be able to maybe channel it a little bit if you mm-hmm. wanted to make it, or it could just be completely random. I think, oh, I I know what thing I used it for this once before, but I still love this example of the, I think it's called the world, or the, yeah, the world's worst warlock mm-hmm. book. Oh, yeah. Where it's a kid who cannot, he has a one in a hundred chance of casting the correct spell. Yeah, so, so he, he creates a spell. Times. He creates a spell that casts <laughs> the same spell a hundred times. So mm-hmm. he will get it. I think um, one way that you might could do the druid because druids have basically the entire spell list at their mm-hmm. disposal is if he casts, he can cast anything like put together a wild magic table mm-hmm. or even just use the one that's already existing. If he wants to cast something specific, then you have to roll a dice, you know, 1d10 <laughs> to say he has expended 10 different uses of this maybe. Mm-hmm. And did any one of them actually become the one <laughs> thing he wanted it to be? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely a way of making a mechanic to where either you can run it or your players can even run yeah. him as an NPC if he teams up with them. But I think I think it makes the most sense that you would meet him at the Council of Cities. If you wanna if you wanted to limit him to one option. They could also just meet him on the way to the cell if was, they wanted to. I was originally gonna say if you're talking about getting a relic or an ally, we've already established that with potentially getting the relic of the amulet yeah. at the Council of Cities and the ally with the mayor. But I mean you could do it either way. If you wanted to introduce the druid, I do yeah. think that could work as well. Yeah, because I think what we've kind of established is the amulet's gonna be in both spots. This is just a question of how easily can they access it. Mm-hmm. At one point, they can get a relic because the mayor would have a lot of stuff just in a closet. <laughs> he had a long time, a lot of time to prepare. Could be. <laughs> so, and the other thing is because the druid is tapped into that power source, he can kind of manipulate that power source as well. So, in my head, the reason for giving your players a one extra thing is to lock the door behind them, mm-hmm. because Daryl is going to be unlocking doors as he goes. We know that as the DM that he's basically unlocking all these to get to the last gate mm-hmm. to release the deity. The more you unlock, the more unstable everything becomes. So you need a way of locking all that back. So I think giving you either a relic from a previous war, which was the God's Relics, Mm -hmm. or giving you a druid that can use that power, possibly to self-sacrifice, maybe not, just kind of depends on how you want to do it, that gives you that option of fixing the damage depending upon what happens. I mean, this makes it much more convoluted, but that druid could eventually become the power source. Like the the quote-unquote final key it's the fifth element (laughs) piece Mm -hmm. that everybody forgets about yeah if you wanted to make sure the druid had to get there Mm -hmm. and again that's i would say as a dm that's only if you wanted to include the druid if you didn't want to i don't you don't have to do that no i don't think so but i because i like the idea of the druid showing back up at some point we talked about him maybe appearing as a helpful 
person or mm -hmm. as an antagonist, which mm -hmm. you could still have him be like, you tried to kill us in that town. Yes, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I was still doing some insanity at that point. I wasn't myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you could still kind of explain away anything that he's been doing up until this point, whether it's been antagonistic directly to the party or if he's just been randomly showing up. Because mm -hmm. I think we even said, too, that he could be showing up to try to cure people in a disease town and just changing his appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he could have been tagging along this whole time. And now he's like, hey, look. You're going to need help. Yeah. I can officially help you. I just need that book and that amulet. Trust mm -hmm. me. And they have to make that choice. Which they could also refuse his help. You know, there's nothing saying they have to take his help on it. But that gives them that inside source. Yeah. So then they have all their stuff. They have their key items. They, ha they know exactly what's going. They know where Daryl is going somehow. Mm -hmm. Whether it is they unlock the book to be able to read it. Or they're told directly where he's going. They yeah. know where he is. Is there anything else within the council cities we think we need to flush out? Because as we said, the party's not going to be doing much politically. I think, I mean, they can always explore. Mm -hmm. That's always an option. There's definitely going to be guilds they can interact with. You'll have all the standard, you walk into a tavern, what do you want to do kind of moments. I get the feeling just because this is how I would be as a player. If the players find out who Daryl is or what Daryl is, there would be a very strong drive to actually go to the council mm -hmm. to see if they cannot garner support to mm -hmm. go after Daryl. Gotcha. And I think that would be, I don't know whether we have to flesh it out now, but that is the very least is something to consider as a DM yeah. is you're going to have players who want to deal with the bureaucracy <laughs> who are going to hate the bureaucracy. <laughs> and you're going to have to figure out how to contend with that, mm -hmm. whether this group is going to listen to them mm because they have evidence in front of them or whether the group is going to ignore them because Daryl is who he <laughs> is. You know, he's an advisor yeah. to the, the big kahuna. Yeah. I think you could easily make a antagonist to Daryl, politically speaking, someone who doesn't like him, thinks he's an upstart, thinks he's trying to take on more power than he should as an advisor, a historical advisor specifically. Mm -hmm. And this could be maybe a... Um, competing advisor for this council member could be someone else on a council even um, there's no head of the council specifically that's why this whole discussion is going on so you know there's no like one person to go to but I think Daryl could make comments about this person and your party can go well Daryl's involved in this cult he's trying to bring back an ancient deity we need help so your players will have someone directly they can go to if they want to mm -hmm. and I think I mean, that could be an interesting point where your players realize, oh, Daryl's going to do all this stuff. We need to stop him. They go to his rival. The rival's like, yes, I have something on him. Let's go to arrest him. They show up at Daryl's office and he's gone. Mm -hmm. And your players realize he's left. Mm -hmm. And now we have a timetable. Well, and that too might be how your players find out where he's going. Mm -hmm. You go to the office and you find papers or paperwork. Yep. <laughs> left behind <laughs> journals. Of, yep. No one will read this, but I am going to. <laughs> right. It's. Yep. It's whatever trope you want to approach, but that would be a way that you could do it as well. If all things fall through at the church, mm -hmm. your players might still be suspicious of Daryl, and yeah. that can lead them back to the church as well. Yeah. Which, I mean, if they go back there, I would say like, and priest is dead. Yeah. And a key's gone. <laughs> or a priest is alive and is willing to try to fight you. Yeah. But I think, too, because you're dealing with politicians, you are not getting resources from this area. You are on your own. <laughs> You're going to have transport because we've kind of already given the players a transport option. So mm -hmm. they can take the airship, 
or the tunnels, depending upon what they've done to get there. So mm-hmm. they, they can travel. That's not the issue. But unless you have taken someone to court and have a official charge against them, which takes time, paperwork, process, you aren't going to have an army following you out of the city. You mm-hmm. at best might get some personal guards from this council member who yeah. offers them up. You might get a garrison. Yeah, but you're not getting more than maybe like, what, 20 people at most, if that. I was thinking about, yeah, 15 to 25. Yeah. And even then, they are not necessarily told to follow you. They're just like, this guy's a problem. I guess bring him back. What becomes fun is if you decide to do that, we can cover this in our wrap-up episode, but those characters that you're bringing along with you Mm -hmm. then can become cannon fodder for this (laughs) deity to transform, to take Mm -hmm. over, to possess, whatever you want to say for whatever happens in the last act that your players now are contending with extra problems on top of Daryl. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's definitely that's definitely a good way of introducing, oh no, he's gone. And also pol- um, political red tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the- we need to arrest him. Well, do you have evidence? Yeah. We'll be back. Because <laughs> why would a deity leave alone the political rival's friends, essentially? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then for the library town, anything else we want to cover there? So I think the only other thing I would say is we do have the concept of the shadow government. Mm-hmm. That if you wanted to, there could be like a minor quest within that, that your party is investigating something for someone else, which might lead them to be talking to the government in the first place if they don't want to go directly there. Yeah, I think you would need something to introduce your players to the mayor. I don't think Mm -hmm. you can just walk into the town and Mm -mm. go and see the mayor. (laughs) There would need to be something that would define you as worthy. Yeah. And especially if you're going off of the prompt that you gave of, we think you're worthy of seeing this guy. We need to figure out what's Mm -hmm. going on. You would need to do something within the town. And to be fair to those listening, they're probably saying you did nothing with a library town anyways, (laughs) which is true. Yeah. But I think... For me, a part of that is because if it's a library town, then the focus of it needs to be the library. And I think that might be the way that you approach the high mucky muck is in investigating this library, you're going to be following (laughs) unintentionally in the same footsteps that he did. And Mm. there may be markers that he has left Mm -hmm. to observe those who follow in his footsteps just to ensure that it's not Daryl. And as he sees these players doing these things... That might be when you start seeing certain walls thrown up, mm-hmm. certain people getting in their way, and then mm. they bring you to the yeah. mayor, and he gets to ask you, hey, why? Yeah. I think then within this library town, because we talked about the idea it was an open library, knowledge is for everyone kind of thing, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it got shut down. But I think you could have parts of it that were shut down, like the main core is shut down. There's these auxiliary wings that people live in, kind of. So you have like universities, things like that, that live within this town, but it's very on the surface knowledge. It's not a lot of in-depth stuff of like, well, that's in the restricted section. The government has to allow you permission to access that. Mm-hmm. So your players in trying to find this information will have to deal with the bureaucracy of, I want to investigate this. Well, you need permission from the government. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And so they go on all these mini trials. By the time they get to the government, the government's like, okay, if these guys have gotten here, the mayor's allowed them to get here. Which means we need to pass them up the chain. Mm. I still kind of like mine. I, I feel like it's it's a little bit more clean and simple to have a paranoid mayor that's left essentially scrying mm-hmm. sections yeah, you know. to see. But as with many things with this, you can do it either way. Yeah, I, I think either way, at the very least, you are having to do like many things within a library. 
that eventually will lead you, whether it's through the government or through secret channels yeah. that he's unlocking, you'll get to the mayor in his section. Yeah. The primary reason that I approach the library the way that I do is anyone who chooses to go to a place that is basically a giant library is going there because they want a national treasure, yep. <laughs> Indiana Jones. I am following a scavenger hunt kind mm -hmm. of experience because just rolling a dice and finding a book is never as no. interesting as following the little trail of breadcrumbs mm -hmm. that's going to get you there. Yeah, I think definitely if your players want to go to the library, um, and if you want to tell them this in advance, you can. It's going to be much more of a puzzle-esque thing of... It's pulpy. Yes, pulpy. You're going to find an item. You enter into a lock. It opens a door. You find a tablet. That tablet tells you where to go next. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you can tailor it to make it work for your players pretty easily. That's The challenges can be literally whatever you want to. It could even be to players physically decoding a puzzle if you if they're interested in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and again, all it has to do is get them to the mayor, whether they are sent there or he calls them there. Yeah. One is more puzzle, pulp. One is more role play combat. Yep. And I think that covers all the bases. Yeah. And I think that gives you, and again, you can tell your players kind of, if they're not sure which one to go, like, well, here's, this is kind of the option you get with the library. This is the option you get with the council. Which one do you want? Mm -hmm. If they're kind of torn. Um, and I would say that's like a last resort. That's if they have no idea and you just want to make sure they're going to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And to that end, even as a DM, there are ways that you can approach that with a character telling them, you know, this is a library that is known for its odd spaces, that is known mm -hmm. for things changing from time <laughs> to time. Go in there with the understanding that things are not what they seem. Mm -hmm. You you want to approach it that way. Yeah. Or go to the Council of Cities, understand everyone there has a political bent, <laughs> everyone there has something that they're wanting and you need to be on your guard before they convince you. Because <laughs> let me tell you right now, the Nine Hells is not the only place where deals can make or break yeah. a life. Oh, that would be interesting. If your players get sucked into a deal, <laughs> the mm -hmm. Council of Cities by accident. Well, again, that, that's what I'm saying, though. That approaching yeah. it that way as a DM, that tells your players everything they need to know without yeah. saying, yeah. hey, this is puzzle pulp. Hey, this is social and combat. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I think, too, that plays into what the characters would be, be best fit for. Yeah. If you've got characters that are much more combat-based, they're not going to the library. Yeah. <laughs> Your barbarian cannot read. They're not going there. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be interested in hearing about a place that changes. Yeah. Like, let me go talk to people. We can beat them up if we need to. Problem solved. You cannot get blood from a book. <laughs> I mean... But you can get blood with a book. <laughs> Well, we will leave um, our chapter four adventures here. Then we have one more episode after this. We'll have our conclusion wrap up episode. So we'll see. We did talk a little bit about the finale of this campaign back in, I think, episode three. So we kind of already have an idea what we're dealing with as far as a bunch of gates being unlocked and chaos happening and a lot of meta chaos going on as well. Yeah. But we'll dig a bit more into that in the next episode, as well as touch up all the rest of the things that we've kind of left as loose ends. Um, there are definitely going to be a lot of plot holes by the time we're done with this, but you know what? This is a rough outline for a campaign, and I think that is actually fine. Hey, no campaign has no plot holes. Mm -hmm. There's if not a single... <laughs> I defy you to introduce one. See, I would say the plot holes are what makes it interesting because that allows you to change things based on what your players have done. There is no existing story <laughs> without plot holes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why continuity readers are a big thing. 
Mm-hmm. And yet things still fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes majorly, but hey. <laughs> because it's not about the plot. It's about, this sounds really dumb. It's not about the plot. It's about the story. Mm-hmm. What do you want your players to focus on? And yeah. if it's the experience that they're getting, none of the rest of it's mm-hmm. really going to matter. And to a point that I think you were getting to, plot holes are how sequels happen. Yeah. And continuations happen. <laughs> Except for that one player that takes really good notes. But hey, we don't talk about them. No, because even their notes are full of plot holes. <laughs> did I tell you that? Or did you just, your character thought they heard that? Mm-hmm. Are you sure that's true? Because, I mean, you could have been lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the workarounds. <laughs> this is my world. My world. <laughs> oh, we will leave that episode of Blank Campaign there. And we will see you in our... Final episode next time in like three months. Yep. <laughs> it's coming. We promise. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodbye. Adios. Hello. Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.